0: Crazy. You've been you've been to Australia, right?
1: I have. I the Australian Open. I, I it's been. I'm sure it's a whole other place because of COVID. But I hear it's better there because of
0: COVID. Yeah, exactly. You you know it's, you can walk around in the mall and live free and like all of that stuff was kind of crazy for me to be able to consider the fact that we just are that far behind as a country.
5: week come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite it's the difference between what is real and with the public sees so here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes it's refreshing authentic the whole story specific life altering events to shape the person that you hear we got a champion and carry champion girl, you did it it's the greatest sports in entertainment connected with us hey
1: everybody welcome back to naked it is Carrie champion it has been for me and I'm sure for many other folks it has been a rough week on top of a rough few months of 2021, and then a rough 2020 period. Um, If you've read the news or if you are paying attention to what is going on in the Derek Chauvin case that so many people refer to as the George Floyd trial, you'll realize that life is really, really hard and it's disappointing and it's exhausting. I say all that to say that I really believe We need some context. We need some perspective. And what that means is we have to realize this is going to be a long struggle, a long fight for equality. I believe it can happen, but it's going to take some time. I feel like so many of us don't even know our history, where we come from. We know a little bit, but we don't know really why we're in the spots that we are in or why the world feels the way it does today. This week's episode is with Omari Hardwick. And I truly believe that his naked quality is perspective, context. Omari talks in a way that forces you to really pay attention because he gives you a history lesson. He explains why he is where he is today. He sees it from the beginning, the middle, and the end. And to me, that's a beautiful quality. That is a special quality. It takes someone to really learn themselves, to learn their surroundings, to learn how to move in this world, to appreciate a beginning, a middle, and an end. As a journalist, I love to tell stories that way. Meanwhile, Omari is telling us some great stories. He's dropping some gems, but I really appreciate his ability to contextualize and give us good perspective. That is his naked quality. Now, I gotta mention this, I talked about you know, what's been going on this week and how tough it's been. I do believe that this will be a welcome reprieve. It's another way to show us that we have to keep pushing, keep moving, doing what we need to do. I do appreciate that in Omari. The other thing that I want to point out is he has this amazing term that I'm going to start to use. It's called getting crafted. Omari has been through a lot, but he said... That it was because he needed to become crafted or getting crafted, learning what you do, learning your trade, learning your art through and through. I was once told, "You're not good at your job unless you put in ten thousand hours." Imagine whatever you do for a living. Have you put in ten thousand hours? All right, you're good at your job. <laughs> I, I might be at in the nine thousand hour spot. Meantime, in between time, take a moment to not pay attention to what's going on in the news. Don't be frustrated. Just listen to the story that gives you great context and great perspective. Welcome to this edition of Naked.
0: You know, I understood what every casting director ever saw when I walked in a room of like, I can't put my finger on it, but there's so much grit and there's edge and he's but he's equally sensitive and it's, you know, and I didn't see it a lot of times in people that look like me that were on screen like me. Um, Denzel, for sure. Kari, as I know you're significant, Denzel, for sure. He was somebody that made sense to me when I was trying to figure out to how to make sense out of whatever Omari was.
1: Amari Latif Hardwick, born in Savannah, Georgia, but raised in Decatur. That's what he'll tell you. That's Decatur, Georgia. Amari early on, and I think actually at his birth, had a trajectory placed on his life, had a a tone set aside for him given by his parents, Joyce and Clifford Hardwick III. Omari means most high, Latif meaning gentle. He describes himself as a male feminist who knew early on that he had a special way with the ladies.
0: And I also see rooms quickly, and I don't know how great of an actor I am, but I don't really want Naturi to get out of the mood that she might come to work in. I'm odd like that. I don't fight against it. So I go, well, shit, if that's where she's at, let's fucking use it. I'm just different, you know, and I'm, I'm very aware of it and I'm equally aware that light and dark don't mix. And so you said it best, those rooms, those colleagues, those men that at times we don't realize that as men, even those of us that are beautifully sensitive enough and equally can be street enough and all of that amalgamation that, Maybe women are attracted to, whether they say it or not, the mix, the hybrid man, equally that hybrid man who does see women, there is always sexism somewhere in there. And so the mission from a former publicist, knowing how big I was and also being a big woman, she said, you need to be one of the, the prominent male feminist within this industry.
1: After graduating from high school, Omari went to the University of Georgia. He played football there. Now, you would think because he wanted to go to the pros, this was a perfect fit. He's at this D1 school known for turning out some pros. Some of the greats have went there. However, when Omari graduated, he did not get drafted. So he went to San Diego to try out for the Chargers. And as we all know, it didn't work out that way. However, just consider this for a moment. He went to a school that was producing so many greats and he thought he was among them. Enter a guy by the name of Champ Bailey. Anyone who knows sports knows that Champ is one of the best corners ever to do it. He also went to the pros and he was also thriving while Omari was struggling, trying to figure out what he wanted to do.
0: And all of a sudden, in there's Champ. And now if you and I have this interview, what, 22 years ago, he's coming into his own after the Redskins or now the Washington football team, let's be politically correct. And then, then one day he becomes one of the greatest DBs of all time. And he's still, you know, Champ, he's grounded and simple and hella complex, but simple and very much an activist and just, I don't know, one of the fastest dudes to ever play on the football field and one of the great defensive backs. And so I looked at my life at that moment, knew Champ was going where he was going. But I'm at the age when Champ's going to the league, when all of a sudden the league is saying no to me. So I'm very afraid not only of the unknown, but that he had a definitive thing. And so I'm looking at it going, shit, I'm such a guy about discernment, being definitive, not being passive aggressive, say what you feel, skip, Stephen A, put carry on, stop doing that bullshit. Like I'm so definitive, I'm so period. I don't have a lot of question marks, but I got a million question marks and then I throw them all away and then make a decision in front of the camera equally. So at that time, I just didn't know what action was. I didn't know what cut was. I just was lost and I went real quiet.
1: The unknown is one thing, but not having support while you're in this very gray period of your life could be scary, which is why Omari knew that obviously football was not a thing. So why not pursue acting? Why not give it all you have? Because at this point, he didn't have much. Omari is hesitant. He describes this story so well. He is hesitant to tell his father, listen, I'm going to give up on this thing called football and then I'm going to go and try this thing called acting. Imagine the scenario, a father and son scenario, in which you have to reveal what you really want to do and hope and hope that your father understands that football is no longer the dream.
0: And I said to moms, I said, I really want to pursue it. I said, no, I'm afraid that pops it's not going to be down with that. I tore my knee in college, but it was repaired enough to get a free agent spot or shot. And all of a sudden here I am and I got to go tell him I'm still young, my knees together. And he's probably thinking you keep trying out. And, uh, he didn't, she said, give him a shot. And she was right. And I brought it up to him one day in his room in front of the TV he was watching something, an old western or something. He's always watching movies and you know, uh when he wasn't working. And I brought it up to him and he said, When you want to go? And he knew it was New York because he knows how much about the craft I am. And I would ask him when, you know, doing the 42 quick trap as a halfback in the backfield, like, why are these coaches on me, Pops? And we're talking about white coaches, obviously. And I was like, you know, the white high school. So I'm like, why when I when I'm there in a nanosecond, whereas the white boys are taking five freaking steps to get where I get in a nanosecond, he would smile and go. You gotta do it the right way, over and over and over, so that when you add your natural talent to doing it the right way, and he would say all of that, and then I thought about that in that moment of unknown, like, wow, okay, so doing it the right way is to go get crafted, literally get on stage and learn the craft of acting.
1: You know what time it is? We got to pay some bills. Back in a moment with more of Omari
5: to be a champion. and sports and
2: State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth Participants have been awarded over eleven million dollars in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
6: You know a spot, but not just a spot. with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash b-e-n, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash b-e-n. Omari, the
1: actor, the activist, the poet, the writer, the thinker, um, the singer. (laughs) He had so many talents. And when you have so many talents, it can be confusing to decide where to go, where to live, where to become famous. And not necessarily famous in his case, but really to make your presence known. It ultimately ended up being acting, as we all know. That's how we know him. But there was a time when Omari talks about he was just hustling, trying to figure
0: it out. There were couches, a lot of them. There were cars. I mean, I was sleeping in cars, like for real. I remember telling Dylan McDermott on Dark Blue, I was laughing just out loud. He said, what's funny? And really like that, like close your eyes, Kari, make it like a scene. He said, what's funny? And I said, bro. I used to park the car right over there where we're shooting that scene right now. He said, what do you mean? I said, I used to sleep in the parked car right there, and now I'm shooting the scene with you. <laughs> During that time, you know, there were some cool people at the YMCA that would let me over overstay and, and extend my welcome. And um, sometimes, for real, like, they would lock up the YMCA and I, I would sleep at the locker room. That's a true story. <laughs> I really got to a place where it was too much couching. I definitely had apartments. I had gotten jobs. I worked at the school actually that of course housed you know, most of the time spent with John David. It was a private school in the valley. I definitely sold shoes at Nordstrom's to women. I definitely worked security guard work at night, particularly when I still had to wait, which I had all the way to movie number two, Gridiron Game, before the wait finally came off. And I definitely did a thousand other jobs that made me hella Jamaican. But what I kept thinking was but I'm supposed to be out here to be an artist and then use that stage and platform and trampoline to jump back into the community and also the world and make it better but I don't really know if I'm supposed to be doing it man because this shit is too hard and I'll never forget with the chair reclined in one of those spots where I was kind of like living at the time in the car and going this can't work bro I had reached out to moms and pops and they fiscally helped that moment of discomfort out by giving me like two 2000 or $2,500. Paulette and Denzel gave me 1500 sort so the car didn't get repoed. She had asked Denzel's, you know, obviously get it clear by him. And he said, yes. And I gave them that back one day and he framed it and whatever. But there was a moment where I was really like, I'm not doing this shit. This shit is too hard. I'm like, really not at a place. This is crazy. I'm lonely. Cali's lonely. New York was lonely. Fuck it. This is all lonely. And I really was at that place. And Adric said one thing to me, he said, yours is a marathon, Oh, Yours is a marathon. You can never be trying to pace it in the way that maybe other people have done what they've done. And I think that was the biggest crafting that I could ever get.
1: Omari's first big break, if you will, came in 2003. Uh, He was in Spike Lee's Sucker Free City. Two years later, he landed a feature in The Guardian. That was back in 2006. Gridiron Gang, the list goes on. He had a lot of various roles. But if you're like me, Omari became known when he landed the role as Ghost in Power. I appreciated that role. We didn't talk about it much, but he does explain what it takes to get to that point.
0: There's the thing of getting crafted to that which you are trying to make a living at, which is one level of craft. It is digging deep into your soul and figuring out the tools necessary, whatever that specific thing that you are called to do. And it's a calling. Learn it, learn it, learn it until you're so tired you scream out to the mountains, stop. Then there's the crafting of your person because the reality is new levels, new devils. So as you start to graduate within that craft, which undoubtedly you will, if you craft professionally in a correct manner, you will start to grow and these new devils will come in with each new level. And when they come in, your soul has to equally be crafted.
1: But before Amari was all of this and all of that, he's very, very, very clear That it wasn't easy and people that he looked up to, people that he came in contact with while he lived in L.A., people who he admired really tried to let him know this was not going to be an easy game. And if you are going to have this gift, if you are going to be received, if you're going to be able to carry out this message that you have in your heart and use it through your art, you have to understand it's hard knocks out here. The biggest lesson was taught by one Denzel Washington.
0: He told me to go be a coach in college, what he told me, go coach college football. Pauletta said, come on. He has a dream just like you. Don't do that. But I always got what he was doing, really. And he was basically testing me in so many ways. And he was like, he really believes that if you really have the markings and the makings to be different, to be unique, to be hashtag special, then you got to go through some special shit. Equally, he would want me to be crafted at whatever I chose to do, but what he was also getting at was, these are things that you will add to your toolbox. Whether you pass these tests or not is up to you. And think about it. I could have absolutely dropped my head, lowered my shoulders, been that dude, and been like, man, Derek got a shot on Antoine Fisher. Man, Nate Park on Great Debaters. Yo, what's up, man? No, I never did. I always got what he was doing and it bothered the shit out of me, but I got it. And then one day, Kari, I stopped wondering and I said, man, this is, I get what he was doing because I'm on sets now. And I, he was basically saying all those years, and this is what he means to me, you got it. You got it. You got it, baby. I remember walking into an audition with Michael Beach and Eric LaSalle, they were teaching an acting class and I had just run out of money to pay, you know, for the other acting class or whatever. And I tried them out and I was not only always told that I looked like Michael Beach, a young Michael Beach at the time, but also I loved what Eric LaSalle was bringing to ER and I loved him as an actor. And I loved what they did with the Earl Manigault story and shout outs to my friend and brother and Don Cheadle, you know, and so I walked in, did the audition in a theater that I used to spit poetry at. Ironically, they were hosting the class there. And I walked in and I, and I, you know, I might have waved or whatever, but I walked down to the stage and it was one of those theaters where you, you go on a decline to get to the stage. And I walked down, I got on the stage and I did this play called Zoo Man or an excerpt from it. And as soon as I started, they let me go. But as soon as I started, I felt a look between the two of them. But they played it off enough, stayed very professional. I finished, I walked up, they said, coming up here. I sat between both of them looking at one dude to the left. Maybe Mike was on the left, can't remember. And Eric to the right, looking like we all could be related. And I'm looking at these Negroes and I'm like, yo, what I do wrong? In my mind, I'm thinking that I didn't ask it. And Mike Beach and Eric LaSalle said, yo, the guy that walked in was way more interesting than the dude who started acting. I said, yeah. So I started to give myself permission at that point to just like, damn, oh, I guess that's it. And what Denzel means to me is the overriding, incredible, not more valuable than Pops or LaSalle or Beach, but he gives me that real umbrella of, you got it, baby. Stop. Just come eat. Parletta made food. Just take care of John David. Help me out. Be an uncle figure to him or a big brother, or whatever it's going to be. Just, But you got it. God did that. God was reminding me like, oh, some people see you and I'm going to put you around them and you could fold up the tent and fly the coop or you could figure it out and, and quietly with reverence appreciate that which they're giving you even if it feels uncomfortable even if they give you some some hard knocks while doing it
1: after six seasons of starring in power and i would say arguably one of star's most successful shows Omari hardwick had made it in whatever sense that means to you however you would describe making it but he now gets that phone call from denzel washington saying kid you did it it didn't take that long but you did it of course to amari it feels like you know, arriving, (laughs) took forever. But Denzel says, no, it was quick. Now, with that being said, I'm curious. And I asked Omari, you are a man of means. You have a successful acting career. You have a family. You have friends. Um, You have mentors. You're giving out advice like Denzel once gave you. When do you see yourself vulnerable, naked? And I asked him to take a moment to really think about that. Because Omari, for the most part, shares his soul with many.
0: Definitely the kids. I think it's because, you know, I've definitely been vulnerable, obviously, with their mother. But it's the kids in the sense that there is still a mystique, and it should be, to that between a couple. Because you're ever growing. I always say an actor doesn't do a a character service if they claim to have the character down um, when they're in the production. You know, they can say to the director, I think I'm ready to go. But I mean, years later, you go, oh, shit, that's what Ghost was talking about. Like, you shouldn't really know because we're ever evolving. And so as adults, we're ever evolving to the place where we sometimes don't know ourselves enough that. In between the interaction with me and wifey, for example, or past relationships or even moms and pops, there becomes at times enough of a mystique so that you can still earn those moments of wanting to be around each other. You feel me? Like you want to be around each other. So there's built in instinctual, perhaps subconscious moments of being that person that still puts on enough airs so that you're having to earn that thing of, of excitement or challenge or growth. Otherwise, you get bored and you move on, especially as big-ass people. You include it. That's my point to you. I'm always, always talking to you.
1: I'm talking to you. I hear you, Omari. I hear you, my friend. Um, it's interesting because I said at the beginning of this podcast, he talked about getting crafted, I truly believe that he has put in his hours, and he's still putting in his hours, uh, but his ability to really see through people, to really give you a beginning, a middle, and an end, now that's a special quality. That's why he's a poet as well. You may know some of his poetry. We'll play that before we go, but I'll use an example. When this podcast was over, when we finished taping the podcast, he talked to me about how he met me when I first started my career in sports at ESPN to where I am now. And he gave me a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he said a few things that just hit my spirit. And I was like, do you know me that well? Why are you speaking so honestly, sir? But he did say, you know, we're good friends, Kari. We're good enough friends for him to call me Kari. You know I don't mind that. Kari's a nice name, people do it all the time. (laughs) But I digress. He told me, that I was going to be bigger in rooms and that would be hard for people to accept. He told me that it takes a special king to be with me because of how I move in rooms and I accept all of that. And when it was all said and done, he told me he reached out to me during the pandemic at the very beginning of the pandemic because he knew, he just felt, mind you, we don't talk on the phone, we don't text, we don't do any of these things, but he felt it necessary to reach out. And that is an incredible perspective. That is an incredible ability to contextualize what someone is going through if you just look at their surroundings. And that is what he does. It made me think. It stirred my spirit. It caused me to stop fooling around with some guys. Like, I I, I broke up with some bays because he was right. It takes a certain king to be with me.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm getting crafted, guys. And it may not be just in what I'm doing for a living right? podcasting, hosting shows being a sports reporter, being a journalist because I do believe I put in my hours but I'm getting crafted at being myself that takes work takes work to be vulnerable takes work to purposely not choose violence (laughs) and instead reveal yourself as to who you are very very grateful for Omari Hardwick being on this podcast and as many of you know I mentioned this. He is a poet, so we're going to leave you with one of his poems that most recently went viral. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Naked with Carrie Champion.
5: Every champion and carry Champion to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. The greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with
0: Dear Scars, hands still raised the dear God. Where the hood has still blasting out of them same cars I'm all good black, just slipping in and out Got a nigga asking for a redo on this old horse Still grinning somehow, maybe even winning the bout Still pinning this shit down Devil think he got a brother about to fall Dear God, make me a new star x man Dark, illuminated by these stars Text back God who done waited to do his part Respect to all of y'all who knew I made it for my dog. One more road to cross, slim. Resurrection from my flaws. Then all the wires connected and yet still I got the section of flaws. When from Yonkers, I drove them bonkers to all the monsters I've been battling since I was small. Shit, I'm still the boss. Microphone to the sky And I'm still rapping like a nigga on call All them poems I kill got me alive Like I'm bigger than Biggie Smalls Lord, give me a sign Cause I feel them clapping like I'm the applause I've been here before this time No matter what happens I'ma always be here for all of y'all Maybe got a brother break it bad So you better call us Maybe I'm dreaming of waking the sleeping giant I used to have Let him do the fighting for the last round I ain't had But I ain't scared, maybe scarred Just a bit worn from the fears I don't warn And all the peers I don't warn Dear God, all them years got me torn Dear scars, I ain't ready for my kids to mourn I'm keeping steady till these eyelids be heavy in the morn Dear God, let me be reborn like a broken man upon his knees But he hold with a soul about a thousand degrees Till all my strolls across prodigal leaves. Got the crowd shouting while I try to get to my goal of following the new me. Cause sometimes who we be when I'm nothing feel like Damien 3. But dear God, make me something. Please let the world know. Let my boys and girls have some more time with the man who helped them to grow. Dear God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Tell me the rain gotta go. And that I'm the same untouchable me as I was before. Dear God and dear scars, I'm thankful you made me so.